How are we going, mates? Welcome back to another episode of The Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland-Smith, about to be joined by Grant Balfour. We had a big press conference. Big Rob Manfred came out with thinking two things, maybe the announcement of spring training being delayed, which is a huge bummer. It's, that's going to happen. It's inevitable. Or number two, hey, you know what? Maybe we're going to sit on this lockout for another year. Something, something big. Give us something. Well, he came out and mentioned the universal DH. He came out and talked about the draft pick compensation, two things we're going to dive right into. The DH, the, the draft pick compensation, love that. Let's get back to where everyone's trying to get competitive and not shooting for those high draft picks. Oh, and by the way, spring training is literally supposed to start in days and any regular, normal season, functioning season, but you know it's going to get delayed. But I want to talk to Grant about some of his favorite spring training stories when he found out he made that roster for the first time and a couple other things I want to dive into with him. But before we get to all the good stuff, make sure you go click subscribe. Make sure you tell your mates. And go leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening. That would mean the world to me and Grant. Go leave a nice review. Give it the old five stars. The more reviews, apparently, the more it boosts your podcast. I don't know how all this stuff works. But I hope you're enjoying the show. Welcome all the new fans from Minnesota. We've got some great feedback from the Justin Morneau episode. So, all right, let's get right into it as Grant Balfour joins me right here on the top step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Face Hall, Hall of Famer. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was as six. Victor Martinez and Grant Belfort join and benches have cleared. My goodness. This this is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Grant, how are we going, champion? Good, buddy. How are you, mate? I'm doing good. I need to have a, I need to have some laughs on this episode, mate. I need to have some, yeah, some good stories. Some good laughs. You know, there's a bit of news going on right now. This lockout is bumming me out. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Rob, and the day we recorded this, Rob Manfred addressed the media and you're hoping for something. You're kind of hoping for just, just something more substantial. They talked about the DH. They talked <clears throat> about the universal, universal DH. We'll get to that in your thoughts. They talked about uh, draft pick compensation. We'll explain that, uh, yeah. really what that means. I want to talk about this a little bit, but I do want to have a bit of fun on this episode as well. But again, it's this thing. I mean, spring training literally is getting to the point where it's supposed to start days away, like in days. What are we doing, yeah. man? The, the one thing, the one thing that both sides do not have, they have no leverage, no, no, no bargaining, nothing <laughs> is time. Like, yeah. yeah, back in December, sure. You got some time. You don't have time right now. You just don't. Yeah, it's coming down to a, it's a nail-biting time. Middle of February, typically right. you're seeing guys. I mean, honestly, I, I remember my days playing your days. I'm sure those guys are already there. They're at the field. Yeah. They get there early. You know, sure. guys, spring training, catches and pitches, or what, you know, pitches, catches, what, on the February 12th, you know, sort of dates that I can remember. And, and you know, you're there a week early or whatever, getting ready to go. 
you know, everyone's, you know, wherever they are at home or I'm sure they're throwing and just trying to work out at different facilities and and, uh, and just waiting for that call. Traveling secretary is going to be scrambling, mate. Book flights. Oh. It's going to be mayhem. Well, yeah, you make a great point. Anyone with half a brain knows how much goes into planning, how much goes into every little external service around. Actually, that's leading yeah. to the word of the day. I'm getting to that. But every service around just the players and just the owners showing up to a facility and getting ready. There's yeah. so many things that are, there's such a ripple effect going on right now with this whole thing. But, you know, it's crazy. But before we get into all that, word of the day. Now, I just alluded to it. All right. Now, I'm, I'm putting yeah. you on the spot here. One of yeah, my mate. favorites. Grew up with this. <laughs> yeah. The word of the day, mate, is servo. Servo is where you go and get your petrol, mate. Fill up the petrol, go down the <laughs> servo and... You know, fill up the car with petrol, which for all the Americans here, we call in Australia, they call gas petrol. Petroleum. Yeah, petroleum. Go down and put some petrol in the tank, you know, head off on holidays or whatever (laughs) up the coast. But uh, yeah, the servo, mate, you go down the servo, like you said, you'd fill up. Yeah, you never know. You grab some milk or whatever, just like over here, you know, grab a few knickknacks and a few things for in the car on the car ride. (laughs) The the first time I said, I went back to grab some lollies. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, some, all, <laughs> some country kettle chips. <laughs> the first time I went back home, I never forget. Not the first time I went back home, but the first time I, this came out of my mouth, my friends just gave it to me. I was like, hey, I need to go to the gas station. And the, I couldn't even get the sentence out. And they're like, oh, what are you, Seppo? What are you, Yank? All the But it's a yeah, servo. Man. It's one of those things like, oh, man, I'm going on a servo. You need something? Yeah, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it, mate. It's like. Yeah, it's like a little convenience store yeah. slash get your petrol at, uh, for the week, you know, fill up the car for the week. Got to get to and from work, mate. Or you're about to have a barbie or something like that. About to have a barbecue with your mates. Like, mate, I don't have a lot. Oh, yeah. I like the, the, the grill off or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you got to go down and get, get some gas because you call that gas for the yeah. for the, uh, for the barbecue. Or, oh, yeah, you know, you, you go, you go down the, the servo. Seat, mate, go down the servo and grab some ice, would you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember going down to the servo, actually. Uh, it was about five years back. I was up on the coast. I was at a servo. I was filling up. And these blokes pulled in. They ripped in in like a, a Holden. Yeah, they usually you got to go inside. You know, you pay for the ice. You know, two bags of ice, thanks, mate. And he's like, yeah, yeah, mate. I'll come out and open it up or whatever for five bucks. Well, these blokes just ripped the thing right off, didn't they? They just grabbed the door and ripped it right off, mate. And his two of them were just heaving on it, yanked it right off. Loaded up the back of the car with ice and just took off. I was like, oh, God. Look at these folks, you know? $2.50 a bag and they're, they're flogging it. But were they, were they pea platers? Ah, just a buddy hooligans, mate. Just, yeah, buddy bogans. just some bogans, you know? There's like four or five of them in the car, you know? They had the music going. <laughs> it's like, so funny, too, because you, you had like, Look at this. <laughs> they roar off, you know? Spin the wheels. They got the huge exhaust out the back yeah, of you. The, about the, the Holden. <laughs> uh, it's so funny, oh mate. You God, head up the coast. Awful, mate. I was like, what's going on here? It's so funny too. You head up the coast back in the day, especially. You know, like you're going from point A to point B. Like, for example, you're going from, you know, from Sydney to Newcastle. It's a two-hour drive. There's the one, sur- like, there's a one, really the one gas station in between. The one yeah. with the big Maccas there. You, you, I don't know if, you're, if yeah. you're familiar. I've hit that up so many times, you know. So many yeah, flurries yeah. and, and big yeah, Macs. Oh, the Caltex. <laughs> the Caltex. That's right. <laughs> exactly. But that's that's the survey, mate. Yeah, just um 
You know, like, uh, you got enough petty, mate? Ah, uh, the survey's up the road, mate. We're all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just throw five in it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the other you thing. You get too. the ones that the blokes who you show up and they're, they're there to fill it up for you, you know? Yeah. And you, hey, you run a, they- low on cash. You're like, ah, oh, just throw five in it, mate. That should be enough to get me home. Yeah, good on you, mate. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's like nickel and diamond back then, you know? And the, and the one thing I will say this too, the one thing in Australia, which they still do, you fill the car up with petty, petrol, gas, yeah. and then you pay after. You know, in the States, yeah. it always like you have to prepay. You know, in Australia, it's, you know, everyone's pretty yeah. honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty honest unless they're still on ice, I suppose. All right. Now, well, speaking of, speaking of blokes being honest, we're hoping that there's some honesty going on and, and some good stuff going on with these players and these owners, right? We all know. Now, again, I don't want to turn this into a... Uh, yeah, because we've been going around in circles, mate, for the last couple of months. Not you and I, but everyone. Just it's just yeah. been a squabble about what's who who's in the right, the players, the owners. And I, I said this in the beginning of the show, mate. Big like debate, mate. It's a big debate back and big, forth. Yeah, it's a lot of posturing going on. It's driving me insane. Like it wasn't two years ago, 2020, where we literally had a 60 game, and no offense to MLB, they did the best they could with the circumstances. He had a 60-game season. That was a joke. Just working those games. Obviously, there's no one in the seats. I'm like, a 60-game season? This is crazy. The playoffs happen, whatever. You've just had that. And now you want to – you're basically threatening the game and you're threatening everyone else because there's so much posturing going on. There's so much delay between when these guys meet up and talk to have possibly a shortened season, even a shortened spring training. I just don't want to see it, dude. Yeah, you know, I've just I've had nah. an absolute guffle of the posturing going on. So Rob Manfred spoke today. We got the universal DH. All right. We'll talk about that in a second. And then yeah. we also got the draft pick compensation. We'll talk about that as well. I do like the draft pick compensation. I know you want the universal DH. Yeah. I, I I get it, man. I totally get the DH situation. I totally understand. It's gonna happen at some point. And uh, the apprentice, Cowie, who's who's on right now helping us out. Made a great point when he's watching his beloved Padres down there in San Diego. Hugh Darvish is killing it, you know, going five, then into the six, and all of a sudden the game gets tight. You have to take the pitcher spot out. You then yeah. lose Hugh Darvish for the next two innings, and fans are sitting there going, man, I've just been watching the greatness here for the last five innings. Yeah. And because of the DH situation, you have to pinch it for your fourth guy on the friggin' bench. So I yeah. do understand that. I just, again, man, I just love the human element. I love, I'm not old school. I like the fact that there's two different strategies of play from two different leagues but grant i know you got some some thoughts on that dh though yeah man uh, i totally agree with him there you know it's going to keep keep the starters in the game longer and it's something that we've lost over the years you know hope you know i'd love to see a guy go out there and throw a complete game shutout i mean i remember starting just you know minor leagues and i had one career start in the big leagues actually but just going out there you take that ball those guys have got the mindset was always Hey, I'm going nine today, you know, no matter what, right? And you love that guy that would just take the ball. You knew he could. But what if the bullpen the day before gets depleted? You go 13, 15 innings. That you want that starter to go seven, eight innings for you, right? To eat up innings and get deep into the game and things like that. You know, a win's a win. You know, it's like they said, like uh, Chris Woodward we had on. He said it's hard to win a baseball game. So when you're there and you're in the moment, you're going for that win. You're not going to sit there and be like, well. I won't do it because we got tomorrow. No, we got to win today. We're yeah. going out to win today. So they're going to make that change and they're going to make it with runners on second and third or runners on first and second. And they're going to give that guy an opportunity off the bench to come up with that big hit when 
the pitcher typically, let's give credit to some of the pitchers in the game, actually not bad hitters, but typically the averages are below 100 or around 100 for for a pitcher, where we're looking at a guy that's probably two and a half to three times better at the plate, average-wise. So you're going to take that chance. Listen, man, a couple things on that. Number one, I like the fact that there was that all of a sudden – you know, Madison Bumgardner, Zach Greinke, uh, some of these other guys started taking a lot of pride in hitting. I thought that was great because we're starting yeah. to create a trend where the pitchers are starting to spend way more time in the National League getting better at hitting. I, I love that. It creates that athletic thing. The other, yeah. the other argument I make too is from a managerial standpoint, it just changes the strategy. I love sometimes when you have to – and people are going to roll their eyes at this or just yell at the frigging radio <clears> or whatever – when they're pulling in the servo but i do like the fact that the manager has to start creating double switches you have to start thinking outside the box for the next couple innings etc because all of a sudden now you have to start making some very smart moves to work around the the pitcher and the other thing too and this is back to coey the apprentice mate down there in san diego you he he would have witnessed this bartolo cologne hitting that bomb in the in San Diego, mate, you're going to lose those viral videos. I'm telling you, when those pitchers do some some wacky things, I know, I know that's Bartolo yeah. Colon being him, but dude, I yeah. love seeing some of that. I love seeing a, a pitcher hit a bomb. It's just good. Yeah. Again, it's just that human element. So those little funny, you know, outside the box things that and interesting outside the box things, I should say, that For happen. Sure. I can see your point there, Ryan, as as a fan. But you take the ball, you put yourself back on that mound and tell me who you'd rather face with loaded bases or with second and third, two out. Would you rather face Bartolo Colon or would you rather face Big Puppy? <laughs> well, I, I did give up a couple. I did give up, I think, a double to um, – what's his name? I think he's a pitching coach now, Dave Bush. with uh, Dave the, Bush the, from Milwaukee. The Brewers. Yeah. yeah. I, I worked around the eight guy in Milwaukee. He's coming up. I'm like, oh man, I just had that feeling. Yeah, that feeling like something bad's gonna happen to you. Yeah. Just that, and sure enough, whack just the opposite field late on a pitch, late on my 96 mile per hour fastball. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then just you know parachuted into right field. And I think he hit a double. I was like, you got to be joking, dude. But I will say this, man. And and to your point, I remember pitching a game in in St. Louis, and I was dealing. And all of a sudden, I need to get back career-wise. This is 2010. I sucked, man. I had a terrible year overall. But I was starting to get some momentum. I remember this game. I'm pitching against the Cardinals. They were a good team. I mean, Albert Pujols was in that lineup. And I'm starting to get that feeling back. Dude, I got pulled after like five innings because the manager was overdoing it, make, trying to like capture that one moment, I think, in like the top of the sixth. Yeah. Um, because we just weren't scoring runs. And I was like, you got to be frigging joking. It just messed with my head, and it did affect me in the next couple starts. So I get all that. I think, I think it too, you know, it can, change, it can change the game as far as, you know, you got to look at each individual team too. You know, do you have trust in your team to come back late in the game? A lot of teams, you know, they come back late in the game. So the manager might say, all right, I'm pretty confident in what we can do late, you know, late in the game, seventh, eighth. Ninth inning, we come back, we score, we win a lot of games late. So, yeah, I'll keep him in there. Other teams, they're like, we just don't have that luxury. I just don't feel like we can get there. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna then change the bullpen. And, and I like the fact that if a bullpen's depleted, like I said, you've got that guy that can come in and eat up innings. I, I just, I guess I'm biased playing in the American League most of my career, having to face a DH, having to face a guy that can hit, flat out hit, a Nelson Cruz, a uh, uh, David Ortiz, when I wish 
a pitcher was come up to the plate <laughs> that I could just blime away, so to speak. You're going to get that bench guy anyway and who you can dominate anyway, right? Exactly. It's, I mean, obviously, it's, it's just taking taking the guy out of the game. You know, we, we are... Well, the other side of that is too, like you say, what are we doing these days with starters? Five innings? What do you expect right. out of a starter now? Five or six innings? So you, yeah. are you telling me that you want Justin Verlander to go five or six innings? You're telling me that you want a $35 million, $40 million pitcher, Scherzer, to go five or six? I mean, I don't think so. I think no. you want that guy to go nine. Yeah. You know? And yeah. he has the mentality and the mindset. That's what he wants to do. He wants to... Yeah, he wants greatness. You know, he wants to go out there, go nine and finish the game. So he's going to have a better opportunity now of, of doing things like that too. And there was another instance, uh, Daniel Camarena down in, in San Diego hit a grand, grand slam off Max Scherzer. So again, I'm, I'm not trying to yeah. back pitches up here and, and Coey the Apprentice reminded me of that. He was in attendance for that as well. So, I mean, there is some, yeah. some solid moments, but I get it. I knew it was coming. I knew the DH is coming, but hey, the other one that we can both really agree on, and I love this, man, because the one thing, I love this game. I love Major League Baseball. I love being a part of it. I love talking to you about it. I love talking to everyone about the game is <clears throat> the one thing I can't stand is these teams deliberately tanking, giving up their players because they're looking ahead at grabbing a draft pick, some kid out of college, no offense to college kids. The fact that you incentivize teams to go ahead and say, you know what, we're not quite that good. Or we get to an end of July here and you know what, we're just going to offload this player, that player, this player yeah. to make sure that they can get those high draft picks. So the Rob Manfred announced that they're, they're eliminating the draft pick compensation, which basically means that if you have a, big time free agent and you don't offer him, basically you have to offer him a qualifying offer, right? Which they're not going to take. And then the team who signs him ultimately loses a draft pick. Two right? draft picks typically. Yeah. First yeah. and second round draft pick usually. Yeah. So if it I'm going to be a first, first round and a sandwich pick, depending on certain, certain circumstances. Yeah. So if I'm the Baltimore Orioles and big Maxi, <clears throat> big Max Scherz is out there, I'm not, I'm not bothering that. And not because I can't compete against the Yankees, the Mets, and whoever else is going to make these offers. Is because I'm yeah. like, yeah, we're still rebuilding or whatever this BS is that half the teams do now. Three to five year rebuild plan, which I, they have to find ways to eliminate. It's insane. The fact that half the league is just in a rebuilding mode for just to hope that they can go all out for a year or two and then strip it back down. But the well, fact that's that where I find that's where I find they need a minimum. There needs to be a minimum amount of money that needs to be spent. We don't have a minimum. There is no bottom. If you want to spend 25 million, you spend 25 million. There is no bottom. There needs to be a bottom. There needs, and then you've got the top, yeah. which is the tax threshold, which you know is another subject. Yeah. But there needs to be a bottom there. There needs to be a minimum amount spent, I feel. Let's call it a hundred million. There's teams can spend a hundred million dollars, you know year in year out and make money and i think that they need to push that up and and start to implement something like that but, but doesn't on that doesn't that penalize a team like the tampa bay rays right it's saying that you know you know what we're smart enough and we're savvy enough and we can do this and get to the playoffs by only spending 60 million they can but at the end of the day a uh, rule's a rule and that, that's what we're going to do right we're gonna implement I, I, it. I agree because it's, it's smart everyone's going to keep getting smarter I mean, you know, and they're, and they're learning. More teams are. They're learning from, from the Rays, you know? Everybody, you know, they want to learn from the Rays. They want to see what the small market teams do. What do they do? What are the changes, you know? 
oh, we had an opener. Oakland has an opener. Yeah, we, and they try to do yeah. all these different things and work yeah. these different ways and try to understand how they're working and keep it at a minimum. Obviously, they want to spend the least amount of money they can. But I think just by pushing that up, We'll just force teams to um, be more competitive and uh-huh. go out and, and spend in free agency. And then we're going to have this this free agency is not going to take be so drawn out because then when more teams out there willing to spend money, it's not going to be waiting for the top dog and then trickle down into, you know, even the start of the year now where we're seeing people sign. I feel like that, you know, that it can be – a quicker yeah. process to that too with more spenders more a money. couple of things i want to take and, and we learn something new you know every episode we, we we tend to learn something new justin morneau talked about that last episode i actually put the if you haven't had a chance to listen to the justin morneau episode it was great man the fact that and i've got to say i've said this a couple of times now he was super quiet as a player but the fact that he's now broadcasting and he's you know giving his opinion and everything i think is awesome after talking to him for an hour it was unreal he did make a great point and i love it the teams that go out and do those things that have that 60, 70% probability. And you mentioned that the Rays, the Rays have been successful, but have they won a world series? They have not. Right. But they've gotten to those points where they're, they're doing the 60, 70% probability thing. Great. But that hundred million dollar bottom base yeah. that you have to spend gets them that extra 30 to 40%, that fr- those fringes, that, that extra veteran, right. That you now are forced you're forced to, and these owners are not going to like this, obviously, if this was ever to happen. You're forced to go out and get that one or two guys that you pay a lot of money to. The <laughs> fans love it because yep. now the fans can cling on. The guy's going to be there for four years or whatever. They're going to stick around mm. a little bit longer. They know they're going to be competitive going into spring training. They're going to you know, fill the seats up a little bit more. And now all of a sudden, you're like, oh, man, I have to go spend money now, but we can do this. We can get to the playoffs 60, 70 million bucks. No, no, no. Now, all of a sudden, now you're paying the dude 20 million or whatever it is. And now, yeah. guess what? You get to the playoffs and yeah, it's going to cost you, but you're going to have that little bit of intangible, that veteran presence, whatever it is to get you over that hump and get you to, you know, obviously where you want to get to. I, I, yeah. I agree with you 100%. I guess the argument is, look, we can do this, but you haven't. You haven't done that yet. Hasn't I been mean, how, how long a team's been? There's so much money in the game. From the get-go, they're already being handed like thirty yeah. million dollars or whatever that number is now, you know. Mm. So, so theoretically, what are they spending? Forty? If they're spending seventy, I just think there's there's more money there to be spent. And like you said, the, the great points there is to, you know, once they spend that money, that might be the the difference between winning the World Series and not winning it. And then mm. and then when you do win the World Series, how much money are you generating from winning the World Series, and, yeah. and what goes along with that? The the other thing is, and a couple of things you touched on was the players signing so late where they hold out and hold out and hold out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Morosi talked about this too, where the, in the NHL, obviously it's a little bit different, you know, money-wise and stuff like this. But he talked about there was this period where you have to sign these free agents. If you could yeah. somehow create, and we saw this right before the lockout. If the both sides agreed, hey, listen, this is the signing window and it's two months. Can you imagine yeah. how fun that would be, watching these guys get yeah. actual deals done and force teams, yeah. instead of waiting it out, and waiting out these players who all have families and they don't know where they're going and everything else and yeah. making them. And I get it, man. It's negotiation. 100%. It's a business. But if you force them into a window, can you imagine how fun that would be? It'd be great. Yeah. Seems no, like- I think it would be great. And, and I get, and the other side that was Morosi who's talked about. Yeah. Well, owners are saying, well, if I don't have to sign this guy until January, it forces him 
some guys are going to be like, oh, I want to sign. They're going to sign for a little less. They're going to save a million here and they're going to save a million there. So there's two sides to the story here, obviously, like like always. But yeah, it's I would prefer to have that window. It forces everybody, hey, if this is the window, you still got to sign somewhere within that window. It forces everybody. It's just, uh, yeah. it's too drawn out. I, I hate the fact that we got, we're in the middle of spring training. We don't know where this top free agent guy's going. The season starts. He still hasn't signed. To me, it's ridiculous. The guys need to know. Yeah. And, and if you care about players at all, trying to set up and putting yourself in those shoes, trying to get your family somewhere, get them set up, get them out there, the schooling. There's so many yeah. tangibles yeah. that go along with it. And it just, it, it just makes it really tough on the player, actually. And one other thing too, and just, again, if you haven't listened to that Morosi episode, I'm not trying to you know sell you on the old episodes. They're great. I mean, these conversations are great with these guys. Morneau and Morosi, a couple of my favorites. He also did mention the NHL. They had their big you know, strike you know, a couple of years back. I think it was, what, 2013 yeah. or whatever it was. He said the yeah. one positive that came out of that, the owners and the, the players, all of a sudden, you know, worked really well together after that. Do you yeah. see any chance of Tony Clark and his crew and the players and, and the owners all after this say, hey, man, we have a great relationship. This is a great mm. marriage now. Or is it one of those things that you're so scarred no. that it's just going to be this F you because you screwed me on this or you forced me into this or whatever for the next four years or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is there any chance? Well, that- the longer the torture goes on, the, the more the scarring, right? Yeah. So the longer this goes, I think the worse it gets. Yeah. Uh, because obviously there's... You know, someone's not giving somewhere, so you're going to cause more friction. Right. So I think the, the sooner the better to get it taken care of. It's just, you know, we, we've been through, we've been through, they've been through so many negotiations over the years, and there's things that they have got, the owners, there's things that the players haven't got. So it's it's a lot of back and forth. I think there's a, a little bit of, you know, I don't know how the relationship is there. Obviously, at the moment, it's it's very touch and go. I would like to think that, yeah, they, they could have a good relationship because the other thing JP talked about was not only do we have Major League Baseball season, but we have a World Baseball Classic that hopefully they're trying to get to play after that yeah. leading into next year. There's so many more things going on in baseball on the international level that we need to come together with and we got to stop and think about, you know, the players, the fans, the game. We, we could be missing out on a, a lot of big opportunities in the game. And the other thing that we're missing now, and I'm just like, I pull my hair out, spring training. Man. I love spring training. It is the best time. It's, yeah. the, it's, it's the best. Do you remember? I want to hear some stories, man. I need to have a couple laughs here and get inspired. Yeah. I need, it's, I'm telling you, I need to have a big week. Do you remember your first ever day rocking up? And now go, go back. Oh. First ever day rocking up to minor league camp, spring training is how old were you? 18, 19? Just turned 19, mate. I just turned 19, signed the uh, signed the dotted line back home, jumped on a plane two months later in March, early March, because I was going to minor league camp. So it's a, minor league camp is a little shorter than big league camp. So here's your ticket. You're going to Fort Myers. So it was Sydney, LA, LA, Chicago, Chicago, Fort Myers. I'm like, huh, okay. Get on the back, get on the plane, sitting the, the people behind me, mate. Guess what was behind me? What? Yeah, you got it. You got it. The toilet, mate. I was in the back row. <laughs> yeah. Back row, mate, with my knees up around my chin. <laughs> I think it was about a 40 odd hour 
trip, uh, round trip by the time you had layovers and the rest of it. Yeah. Finally landed in Florida in Fort Myers. Had no clue where I was. Someone picked us up in a van, a white van. I don't know if I was getting where I was going. Dropped us off at the Radisson Inn there in Fort Myers. And mate, we slept, I think I hibernated for three days. I closed those blinds in there. So you had you had some downtime before spring training started. I had a couple. Well, they got us in a couple of days early because of jet lag and all the rest of it. Oh, nice, man. Must so nice. that was my league camp. Got in. Mate, I, I swear to God, it took me three days just to acclimatize. And then uh, I just remember opening those blinds and, and the sun, the Florida sun was just blinding. Yeah. I could be, I didn't even know where I was. I was so disorientated. Oh, dude. You feel like you're on Mars, mate, when you fly into the US as a kid for the first time. Never, yeah. I'd never been to the US in my life, obviously. And I was yeah. just like, dude, I, <laughs> same thing. I, flew, I didn't have to fly across the country, but I'm on the same flight as Travis Blackley. Now, big shout out to big Trav. I think Sydney to... To and Craig Anderson too, by by the way. Oh, Ando, Ando, and I knew each other. Yeah, great guy, mate. He had a stellar yeah. minor league career and went all the way up, and then you know didn't didn't get a chance to to show it off in the big leagues. But I <laughs> forget we get off this plane and I'm we're in LAX and I'm just like, yeah, this is pre iPhone and all that. I'm like, okay, like my mom said, look on the screen, find your gate to Arizona. Boom, get there. Travis yeah. over here. Now, if you ever met Travis, mate, it, God bless him. Great dude. And and our relationship has, has grown over the years and stuff like that. And I hope he's doing really well. But he he's sitting there. <laughs> and again, this is nothing against Travis. I'm sitting there locked in. Craig's mm. kind of like the old this the senior member of this group. He's trying to figure out where we're going. I got Trav over here telling me how he pitched in the World Cup six months ago and he sh- and he shut out Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find my gate, mate. Like, he's like, "Yeah, man, I dealt." Man. I'm like, "Yeah, mate, like that—that's awesome." Yeah. And I can't wait to hear about all about it. Yeah, anyway, yeah. but then we got on the Let's plane just to quickly print. catch this flight before we miss it. <laughs> yeah, we get got your connections, plane. mate. You got—that's what you worry about. You worry about your connections. I know, freaking out. And you get that gate like six hours early, whatever. What are you going to do, there. mate? And be stuck in the airport for the oh, yeah. whole day. But just like you, mate, like I got there and the next day, the next day, we day one of spring training, the physicals, right? Remember the physicals, man? Every oh, yeah. year, all the way up to the big league camp. We'll talk about that in one second. But we, we wake up the next morning. We're late. Never forget. They missed the alarm clock and Trav woke me up. We were roommates, room 525 in the Hampton Inn. And he yeah. goes, dude, he goes, mate, look at the time. We're so jet lagged. We sprinted across this desert plain. Now, it's all like there's like a restaurant there and stuff. But we just went beeline straight from the Hampton Inn all the way over to Peoria Sports Complex. And yeah. It was all flat. Now there's restaurants and stuff there. Sprint going, oh, we're going to get released. This guy's got a tongue ring in, right? Now, there yeah. was no jewelry. It was like, this is back in the day too. No, like, there's a dress code. You couldn't have earrings, couldn't have anything. Mike Goff was the, the mining league director. And he stops us. We're like, oh, we don't know where to go. I mean, we're just a kids, man. Like, we rock up to this yeah. complex. There's players <clears throat> everywhere. I don't know what the hell we're doing. And it's raining, by the way. Yeah. When we get there. And Travis is like, oh, you know, hey, my name is Travis Blackley. And, and Mike Goff is just a hard ass, mate. Great guy. He's just yeah. looking at him. He's like, first of all, take that tongue ring out. And Travis is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's stuck trying to get this thing out. And I'm sitting there like, dude, we're getting released, mate. We're getting sent over like, just from this. And, and Mike was just like, look, walk in that room, find your locker, put your stuff down, go get your physicals. And just walks off like, oh, good to meet you. <laughs> you know? So I'm around all these men, mate. I'm like, I'm just turned 18 years old. Yeah. Now I'm around these behemoths. I'm sitting there like, what am I doing here, man? <laughs> I'm not here at all, you know? Like, and I remember like you do the physicals and it's super awkward. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're so jet lagged, you know what I mean? And yeah. you meet 
these people for the first time, these trainers and they're, and, and then we had to do the treadmill test. Oh my God, man. Like uh. the, like the VO2 max, hold on, so let me, the, the, the stress test. And I'm, and like my dad said, mate, you make the team on day one. <laughs> you know I, mean? like yeah, I was yeah. going hard, dude. Yeah. I was just coughing and the dry air and everything else, but that was day one, man. Then we had to do the mile run, the whole thing, but I never yep. forget it, man. My name was misspelled on the back of my jersey. I had one coach saying, "Oh, where are you from, Australia?" I swear to God, this one guy said, "Oh, you're you're from Australia." Eh? I was like, "Yeah, I'm from Australia." I was a quiet kid. No joke. He's walking off. I can still hear him. He turns to this other salty coach, and he's like, "Man, we keep signing these Australians, man. Did any of these guys ever make it to the big leagues?" I swear to God. And I'm like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. brutal, man." I felt like it was like <laughs> great incentive, mate. It's uh, you know, it's it's eye-opening for sure, right? You know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of people. You know, you got guys that have possibly been in the minor leagues for six, seven, eight years. They know exactly what's going. On. You're just, you know, this young kid rocking up oh, yeah. and uh, and trying to figure it all out, mate. You're just kind of getting thrown in, trying yeah. to deep in there, and it's try to swim and fend for yourself, but. Yeah, mate, it's, you know, you, you soon, you learn quickly, early mornings, get to the field, show up early, don't be late, stay late and yeah. uh, and work hard. And it's you know, pretty much it, mate. I, I do remember the lunches, uh, the, old soggy, <laughs> the old soggy sandwiches oh my God. And, uh, and one piece of fruit, little cup over there, you could fill up for some Gatorade, some Powerade or something that they had made up. It was awful, mate. That was lunch. <laughs> and then we go to Texas and we go to play the Yankees in, in uh, you know, minor league spring training. And they're all eating hot lunches. And we're there with our cold sandwiches. It's so funny because Morneau was singing the Twins' praises and so he should. And it's a really good organization, yeah. stuff like that. But I have heard oh, yeah, it's great. It's great for that. Yeah, it's uh, it's so funny, mate. You get treated like, like you honestly, like you should, man. You have to earn yeah. it, dude. That's the exactly. one Exactly. The one thing, and I don't want to dive into the whole, you know, the minor league structure right now or anything like that, but you have to earn to get those that food yeah. it makes it turns you into something man like it really yeah. does you know yeah. and i'm sure I'd, times have changed i mean i know they've built they're building dorms on all there now people aren't really staying at hotels anymore they're, yeah. they're working on housing for minor leaguers it's great it, they've, yeah. they've done a lot and it's changed a lot there's guys that are a lot older than us that could probably tell you stories that we'd shake our head at and think wow can't believe you went through that my first big league camp was with you actually with the twins i got rule five you know so i'm 20 i think i'm 20 21 years old yeah. and I, I got i was a rule five pick there i am throwing a bullpen on like that six pack next to brad yeah. radke and like johan johan's just like <clears throat> just sick I'm, I'm like i can't even focus on my bullpen because i'm like glancing over and going look how nasty this dude is and yeah. on the other side, I mean, mind you, I'm trying to throw like a, you know, like I'm pitching the World Series, just trying to like impress someone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. To my right is um, Brad Radke, who I swear to God rocks up. This is like the early, the, the first bullpen session. And I'm like, yeah. I knew I had a bullpen session. It was like on a Monday, on Wednesday, on the, yeah. the day of the Monday, I'm looking up on the board saying, oh, Wednesday's my first bullpen session. It says Roland Smith. I'm like, oh God. Yeah. So for three days straight, man, or two days, I'm like, freaking out like it's um, game seven of the world series because yeah. you want you know again you're super nervous <laughs> look over brad rakey rocks up on the mound he gets the he goes the catchy yeah, yeah jump down and just shows gravity ball <laughs> just like 50 percent <laughs> just just kind of like he, i wish i could do it like visually show you i'm just like uh is that what i'm supposed to be doing he just lobbed it in five times and ten times like yeah i'm good walks off i'm like oh. <laughs> meanwhile i'm over here trying to like dot up you know it was so funny mate so salty yeah. veteran but I do remember. Well, we all know. I mean, that's that's how it goes, mate. You know, once you your first spring training, 
you know, you're there to impress, you're trying to make the team. And, and as you get older and the contracts change, you get a contract, you know, you get a little bit more time to come in and you don't have to be so ready coming into spring training, but that feeds back on the shortened spring training. I mean, there's, there's going to be none of that. Right. Yeah. You know, if, if we do lead into four weeks of spring training, guys are going to need to be ready to go. So all that kind of, those gravity balls and stuff, they're going to get thrown in the, in the backyard at home or oh, whoever you're thrown to, you know? Against, put the <laughs> trampoline up on its side and throw it into that. That's <laughs> I mean, Jeff Weaver was the same thing. In 2007, my first camp with the Mariners, freaking out. He rocks up, just slinging it in there, just does not give a rat's ass, you know? So funny. Yeah. I want to ask you this, mate. One of my craziest memories, the first time I found out I was going to make the opening day roster. So I, I went to 07 spring training with the Mariners, obviously got sent down. You're just trying to, you're trying to beat every cut, right? Like every time there's a cut rocking up and you see the guys yeah. come in, they go in the office like, oh man, hopefully I survive. You don't last yeah. too long, man. That's just the way it goes. You know it. And they yeah. give you the whole, oh, hey, great job. We love watching. I'm like, you I didn't even, I pitched every B game. What are you talking about? But anyway, yeah. the first time I'm, I found out I was, I was making the team, I never forget yeah. it, but <clears throat> this is 2008. So 07 was my first year, 2008. John McLaren was the manager, right? So he'd taken <clears throat> over. Mike Hargrove quit the year before. He just retired. So McLaren knew, knew me pretty well. And, and that offseason, Brandon Morrow and I had to go down to Venezuela to be starting pitchers. We can't re-rock right, up to spring that. training and we make this big trade. Eric Bedard, <clears throat> Carlos Silva. So they're like, you two guys, are, you're going to you know, fight for a spot in the bullpen. Now, Brandon Morrow is a big prospect. Yeah. You know, Whatever. For me, I've got, I'm up against like Arthur Rhodes is trying to come back and stuff like that. No one was talking to me, man. This is before like social media, like basically told you everything was happening. So yeah. there I am. By the time I get down, I'm having a great spring. I'm fighting my ass off for a spot. I'm like, I'm making this frigging team. It was one of those things, man. I was hungry. I was eating yeah. that soggy sandwich. I'm trying to earn it. I wasn't comfortable at all. There's a couple dudes who got called up the same year as me who, we're just like, oh, I think in their big time, I was like, no, 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 screw this. I want to be on that open air roster. But I'm looking around going, I don't think I'm going to make this team because there was, you know, this guy, that guy, that, you know, Eric O'Flaherty, George Sherrill, Arthur Rhodes. I'm like, there's too many lefties, right? And then, yeah, some of the writers are like, oh, this is how it's going to map out, blah, blah, blah. So I'm having a great spring. We're getting towards the end. I'm still hanging, hanging around, right? And no one's talking to me. No, no coaches. And that's never a good sign. They're never like, oh, hey, you found a place in Seattle? You try to play GM, man, like in your head. And you're waiting for that little hint. Like you go hover around the pitching coach. Say, oh, hey, um, so you know any good apartment complexes? <laughs> Such a dumbass question thing. And they're going to be like, yeah, man, make sure you find a place because wink, wink, you're going to make the team. You're yeah, trying yeah. to do all these little, all this strategy, right? Yeah. So nothing. Sure enough, I still don't know if Arthur Rhodes is going to be ready to pitch, come back from surgery. We go to Vegas. We do this game in Vegas, and I'm on the plane. There's no – like, I'm like, am I going to this Vegas trip? I had no idea, right? No one had told me anything. Get on the yeah. plane, go to Vegas. Uh, I didn't pitch. The last day, I swear to God, dude, we've got this day game. It's like a getaway day, and all the salties are like, just hurry up and finish this frigging game in Vegas. They're all hungover from the night yeah. before. So I uh, get on this as like the swing at the first pitch rule. Me and Eric O'Flaherty had still yeah. hadn't found out anything if we'd made the team. And we're buddies and we're like, dude, like, can someone just give us a heads up or something? Yeah, like, do I get a do I get a house in Seattle? Do I do I gotta get a place in Tacoma? Right. Yeah. Lives you in limbo. Yeah. So we're out there playing catch in that morning, right? And we're like, okay, the there's one plane that goes off to Seattle, the team jet. So I've got yeah. I've got my best suit and everything for that. Yeah. I'm sitting there going, you know, I even want to have the suit on me because I'm like, I'm going to jinx it. And then there's yeah. 
plane tickets they're going to give you to get on a Southwest flight back to spring training. And then you're going to go off to wherever. So Jared Washburn, I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah I do. <laughs> he comes out and he goes, he used to give us so much shit, mate. My first year in the big leagues, he used to wear me out. And yeah. we're there talking. He goes, he goes, what are you two talking about? I said, oh, we just don't know if we made the team or not. And he's like, I don't want to use the words he said. <clears throat> But he's like, he's just like, for fuck's sake, just go in and fucking hustle. What are you doing? Yeah, like we're leaving in three <laughs> hours. Yeah, it's just like that. We're like, okay. So we walk in. We're like, man, we're like, screw this, man. Let's just walk into McLaren's office because they're supposed yeah. to give you that big come in the office. You made the team yeah. for the first time. It's supposed to be this big deal, right? Like, yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. like they mess with players. So we're like, screw this, man. Eric, let's go. So we start stomping in into that Vegas field. Go under the tunnel. McLaren's like down the other end, the manager. We're like, oh, do we just stop him and say we need to talk to you? You know, <laughs> down the other end. We're like, hey, um, John, um, and he stops us. He goes, Oh, yeah, hey, hey, by the way, uh, yeah, you two, um, you made the team. Good job. Um, just make sure you're good to go. And walks off. We're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, are, you, are you joking, dude? Like, I'm hoping for this big, like. I'm yeah. going to be opening day roster. Like, wow, I'm yeah. going to be, nah. my name's going to, I'm going to get run that red carpet they got in, at Safeco Field now, T-Mobile. Going to be on the bottom of ESPN. Yeah. He goes, oh, by the way, yeah, you two, um, yeah, you made the team, by the way. Yeah, yeah, good job. Just just make sure you're good to go. Thanks. Walks off. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know how long I've been waiting to, all, all the hard Dude. work you put in. And, oh, my God. And to get that call, you probably raced to your phone and called your mom or dad, didn't you? Just. I was just, I was stoked. Don't get me wrong. I was yeah, stoked. Yeah, yeah. Was, it was, it was kind of like, hey, no, no, no. Get, get back here right now. Get all the coaches in this office and you make this a big frigging deal, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You get the I streamers know. and the balloons and you make this a big deal. But I was stoked, man. We, we kind of yeah. high fived it. It was, we, we, Eric and I gave like the most awkward high five to each other, like, hey, like this. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate. It's the best feeling ever, though, isn't it? Best it is. Feeling. Now, real I quick, mean, before we get to your thing, could you imagine if I hadn't made the team and Eric did? Oh, he, yeah. he, he dead set would have been like, oh, yeah, Eric, yeah, you made the team and uh, whatever your name is, sorry, man, just get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he yeah. would have been that way. But anyway, yeah. John McLaren, yeah. great dude. Thank you. That was, that was a good memory. Anyway, so what do you got, Grant? First time you made that opening day roster out of spring training. Or did you know you were going to well, make the team? It's one of those things where, you, you know, you, you get called up to the big leagues. The first big league call up is before the opening day. Oh, one, I got yeah. called up to the big leagues in, in the middle of the year. And then uh, first opening day roster, I was I was hoping for it to be an 0-2, but it, just, it didn't go down like that. And uh, 2003, spring training, you know, I'm there and I'm, I'm feeling good. I've, I've, I was close, you know what I mean? I was I was ready to be pitched in the big leagues. And and then, nah, call didn't come, mate. Wow. Back to the minor leagues, pitching, throwing the hell out of the ball, get another call up that year in 2003 after make basically made the all-star team as a starter in AAA and um, never went to the all-star game because they called me up. But uh, 2004 ended up on the opening day roster. So I'd already had time, you know, in the big leagues uh, in 01 and 03 and it probably about a half a season in total. Hold and, on, uh, so, so 01, were you a September call up or you went up earlier? No, I went up in the um, middle of the year in July. And then 02? Oh, two. They didn't call me up. Damn, dude. And and and, it, and I think it was I think it was a little bit of a thing where I, I kind of got frustrated with the pitching coordinator. I think they punished me a little bit actually, because no. there was guys going up in front of me, and yeah, it was a bit of a probably my wrongdoing. I uh, was wasn't too happy with a couple of things, but they probably punished me there. I think looking back, 
Uh, I probably could have had a month up there or a bit more. Anyway, 03, I get half a year up there and I'm starting all of a sudden. I get called up and actually it's where I make my first start in the big leagues and then straight back in the bullpen. And 2004, I go to spring training and, and that's, that's, when I got the, uh, that's when I got the call. I was going to make the opening day roster. And I remember just, we're in Pittsburgh, down in Bradington actually, against Pittsburgh, making, making my last outing. Right at the end, you know, there's only just a couple cuts left, right? There's like that one last cut. It's either you, a couple of other guys are going to make it, right? It's brutal. You and can't you look just, each other in the eye too, you know? You just, you're just praying it's going to be you. You feel bad for your mates or whatever, yeah. but you're just praying it's going to be you. Go out there. I was throwing the ball well. I knew I was throwing the ball well. I knew I was pretty close. Went out there, threw a scoreless inning. I was, I think I might have been punched out the side in that game. Like, I felt good. Like, I was humming it in there, you know? I just... Yeah. I was like, mate, that's the icing on the cake. Like, I'm, it's, I'm hope, I'm hoping that's it. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, they call you in the office there, and uh, said, yeah, you, you're jumping on the flight with us. You're going up to Minnesota, but, um, awesome. yeah, mate, just a, just a great feeling, you know. Just nothing, nothing too crazy, but yeah, they did call yeah. me in the office, and, and they usually have the general. It's the manager. best feeling, mate. 2009, I had, we had all new coaches, new GMs. So I really had to prove myself to the point where I, I couldn't go to the World Baseball Classic either, right? So there yeah. I am. I had a really good year in 08. Ended up getting in the rotation and have, having a really good year. And so I'm, I'm starting to get, and this is probably the best thing that happened to me for 2009. I'm starting to get too comfortable, mate. Like the one thing, and you've dealt with this too, Grant, you were hungry, mate. Like you get over to the, you sign for 15 Gs, I sign for 30. You go into yeah. spring training, you're fighting each and every one of these guys, whether they're making 1.5 signing bonuses or whether they're yeah. signed for a can of Coke, right? All yeah. of a sudden, 2000, I come into spring training. I'm thinking I'm, I'm too cool, mate. You know, I'm in the rotation, the whole thing. But yeah. we had new coaches and they kind of put it on me. They said, listen, they said, well, you have, we just want to see what you're all about. They're saying, I'm sitting there going, hold on a minute. Like, I just, I did really well last year. What do you need to see? You know, it's kind of that thing. So all of a yeah. sudden, I, that week two of spring training, I'm like, man, I have to go out and pitch my ass off here. And I yeah. did. And it really ex accelerated me and gave me a really good year that year. But Finding out I'd, you know, I'd made the team and stuff in 2009, it still gave me that nice little moment because I wasn't 100% certain I was making the team. Yeah. 2010 rolls around. I know I'm making the team. Worst thing that could have happened to me. I go in, I'm doing these like Mariner commercials. I'm doing like all this other crap off the field. I'm, I go into yeah. camp just kind of half-assing it, I will say. Super comfortable. Just getting my quote-unquote, get my work in. You know how you always hear these guys? Yeah. I got my friggin' ass handed to me, dude. So, yeah. like, it's amazing when, when you get that little that push in spring training to, yeah. to prove people wrong, it's the best thing ever. And then 2014, I had to claw my way back to the big leagues. We yeah. go to Australia. We signed Oliver Perez, another lefty. I'm with the D-backs. And I'm still sitting there out in limbo. I don't know if I'm making the team. And yeah. then they called me in, man. I, and that was the best one for me because yeah. I'd been written off yeah, the last couple of years, and I just had to dominate in AAA the year prior to that with the Red Sox. I had like a 0.3 in, in 50 innings yeah. or something. And here I am in with the, the D-backs, and they're like, oh, you know, is depth. someone mentioned the word depth. I was like, yeah, F you, mate. I'm making this frigging team. And I'll yeah. never forget, and I, I don't want to drag this story out too long. And I always say this to kids, someone's always watching. I always say that. It doesn't matter what yeah. you're doing. I try and do that. Yeah, you know, even with broadcasting too. There's a couple of instances, yeah. even in the broadcasting side of things, post that someone's always watching. So you always act like that. I never forget. We get back from Australia, having a great week in Australia, but signed Oliver Perez. Joe Thatcher's a, another left-handed pitcher. Oh, yeah. 
So I'm looking at this going, I, where do I fit in? You know what I'm saying? Like I just, there's, there's no space. And then, then they send me off to the B game and I knew right away. I start looking at places in Reno, mate, AAA. I'm, that's me. Yeah. And I'm just angry because I haven't given up a run all spring. Just dealing. Yeah, yeah. I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm back to myself. Yeah. They sent me off to this B game and I had that one little thing right before I'm about to go in because no coaches are there. It's all like double A coaches and stuff taking the team over all the way over to the Indians complex or the Guardians complex now, I should say. Yeah. We're pitching against them. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to shove up these dudes. I'm just going to dominate. You know, I'm going to shove it up yeah. their ass and prove to them that they're making a mistake. Yeah. Fair enough. I get done. They do the exhibition games at, at the ballpark, everything else, right before the game. Sorry, right before the season, the Giants are coming in. They call me in the office. I'm like, here we go. Just like, you don't even have to call me in the office. Just say, hey, look, man, yeah. we're sending you back down. But yeah. the pitching coach had a smirk on his face. Mike Harkey, great dude. Um, you know, the bullpen coach with the Yankees. Call me in the office. And the, hey, we just want to let you know, Kirk Gibson's in there. Hey, you made the team. And I'm sitting there, how? You got too many dudes in the bullpen. How about that? Yeah, yeah. You know? But it was the best feeling ever, man. I'm trying to hold back tears, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I remember just That's rewarding my when you, what you've It been is, through. man, because you just, you work your ass off and you pitch really well and nothing's going your way. And then yeah. you get that moment. And they did say, they did say, listen, the deciding factor was we had this old time scout who, it's just a Kevin Towers who, you know, passed away. But he, Kevin Towers said, listen, I can't remember this guy's name, the scout. He said he was at, at the game the, at the Indians complex. And he called me right away and said, you have to have this guy on your roster. And he was like, yeah. and I'm like, man, I am so glad I didn't mail that in and just say, oh, this is a B game. Who cares? I went yeah. out there and it's like, you know, I had that chest sticking out the whole thing. Yeah. And I always say, man, someone's always watching. It's happened too. And hopefully yeah. at some point we can get in some stories about, you know, broadcasting too, which has happened as well. But it's yeah. so, it's crazy, man. They're, they're just those times in spring training. Real quick, not, not to put a damper on this before I let you go. Yeah. What about those moments where you got, where you get DFA'd or, because I do want to finish up with my favorite, my favorite <clears throat> ever spring training experience where I'm, I'm going to, which inclu includes you, by the way. And I'm not going to throw you under the bus with an embarrassing story. I, I promise you. Uh, what about those times yeah. where you didn't make the team or you got DFA'd or that worst sinking feeling like, man, I'm just out on an island right now? Yeah, mate. I mean, there's there's times when, you, you know, you've been DFA'd, you know, you get that designated for assignment that call you in the office. So like, hey, you know, we're going to have to let you go. And it's, yeah, it's the worst feeling ever, right? You know, it, ha it happened to me in the off season one year uh, with Minnesota. It's a little bit different in the off season because they say, hey, you know, they're not, not going to bring you back. Yeah. So then, you know, the, the coach, uh, I guess it was one actually with Minnesota. I could tell a story. I was, you know, I was with the twins. I'd been in the biggers a little bit, but then I got hurt. So I was recovering from, from my yep. surgeries and I was actually not sure if I was going to go back to the twins and, and, and sit being triple A on a minor league deal, worked out a minor league deal. I actually jumped on a plane from LA to Sydney. I was thinking I was going back to the twins on a minor league deal. I landed in LA and I had a phone call for my agent. He said, call me as soon as you get off the plane, as soon as you land. So I called him. He said, when you get into Fort Myers, do not stay in Fort Myers, get in your car and drive to Sarasota. That's where the Cincinnati Reds um, big league camp was. You're now a Cincinnati Red. Sign me to a major league deal. So I nice. was like, daddy, you know what I mean? And from there, I got to give them a lot of credit. The doctors, trainers, for getting me back on track. And yeah, then eventually I, I, I went on to Milwaukee, had a little bit of time there, 
and, and to the Rays. But I mean, yeah, mate, it was uh, it was a game changer for sure. They really really took care of me. That's yeah. That's see, that's awesome. See, I had the Houston Astros. I signed them in 2011. It was a disaster. It just was not a fit, man. And nothing against them, whatever. But yeah. I remember getting DFA, and you see the bus pull off to go because we're at, in Houston. We flew all the way to Houston to do these exhibitions against the Red Sox, and then they yeah. they were off to Philadelphia. And I'm watching the bus pull. Off. I'm on the phone to you, and you're like pushing David Force with the A's to sign me and all this kind of stuff yeah. when you were with Oakland. I ran into David Force when I had a next gen trip, next gen baseball trip out in Oakland. And I'm just like, is Grant really calling the GM right now, or the assistant GM, or wherever he was at that point? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe he's just saying that. Maybe. But David's like, hey, man, I never forget 2011. You got at the end of spring training. Grant is just blowing me up to sign you. And I was just like, and by the way, Grant, thank you very much for that, mate. But yeah, mate. That, it means a lot. But it was one of those cool moments meeting David later on. But my favorite memory, mate, in spring training, <laughs> when you and I shared that Chris Snelling was off for the Phillies. You and I shared his yeah. house. Remember that? Oh yeah, mate. That was a for blast. Sure. Those mate, we, we had that. Uh, he had that little. He had that little motorbike, like that little Pee Wee Fifty thing that we <laughs> rode in the streets. The two bulldogs that just stunk up at the house. <laughs> and then, well, you'd take off to. You'd go down the road to Peoria there, and then I'd take off to uh, Maryvale to the Brewers. That's right. You yeah. pulled up. You picked me up from the airport in this. Chrysler 300 C. No, it wasn't the 300 C. No, you had you had it for a few days and then you switched it. But you pulled up with a Chrysler. Um, it was a convertible. The, oh, the was little, it? Yeah, dude. <laughs> you were you're laughing. I was like, you guys look at my car, mate. It was <laughs> it was awesome. You had it for a couple of days and then you actually switched it. They didn't have the car or something that you had ordered. We or got an like SUV that. after that. But it was hilarious. Uh, We're on the on the 101 freeway and you're just cracking up. Just I'm getting blown away. <laughs> get blown away. Come fresh off the boat, fresh off the plane from Australia. I'm just like, what is going on? But we were staying at Snelling's place. We had so much fun, dude. That was a blast, yeah. man. That was so much fun. And yeah, that turned out to be great. I mean, we got to look after his house, look after his dogs and, and all that. <laughs> Appreciate that, Snell. Good on yeah. you, mate. Oh, for sure. I do remember the, the dogs. And, and Grant, as, as we all know, you are very OCD and you're clean. You're very clean. You're a clean freak, neat freak. The whole yeah. thing. These dogs, mate, were just like, just oh, free mate. rain. You couldn't make this thing sit, shake, nothing. They were just, they were lawless, mate, these dogs. Tell you right Whatever now. Whatever they want, mate. You just, had to keep, life. you just had to keep that back door closed. Otherwise, they That's jump right. straight into that pool, mate. They can't. Like a lead balloon, mate, right into the pool. <laughs> I remember too, the neighbor, the neighbor, the next door neighbor was always there with his son on our driveway. So we're yeah, like, oh, yeah, here yeah. you go, mate. We end up sitting out there for like an hour and a half talking to this dude, you know? Uh, oh, it's too funny. That was 2007. I remember JJ Putts used to bring me up, uh, pick me up, and he had goggles on. He used to, you know, those little rangers, those little dune buggy things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the way from the house, freezing cold at six o'clock in the morning. I'm just getting like blown away. But no, dude, so much fun, man. It, it was glad we split the house. is good. So yeah, yeah but, mate, no, for sure. Good times. It's, it's always, no, good. Man. It's always spring, good. You know, spring training, long days. It's always good to come home yeah. and, and have a familiar face. and For sure. Yeah, you know, talk The shop. one thing that Snell had, real quick on that, Snell had the, we walk in the house, he's like, hey, help yourself, Danny. And there's the beer fridge. There's this, there's that. He yeah. had that fridge. You remember that? Like he had like a Bud Light fridge. It looked like it belonged to like a, at a, at a server, right? At a, yeah, at a yeah, gas yeah. station in the middle, like basically where the kitchen was to the living room. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and i'm like man i didn't touch one of those beers right and i was like oh, yeah, no. pitch well today might crack open a beer. <laughs> <Have> a <coldie. laughs> i'm sitting with you i'm like yeah you want a beer mate You're like, yeah right 
You open those things up. They're expired by like two years. <laughs> <laughs> it tasted like it was disgusting. I nearly threw up. I, yeah. I took a sip. I was like, what? I looked on the bottom of the can and the thing had been <laughs> expired. Sitting like, in there for years. Typical Snell, mate. Just, you know, it, it, was, uh, it was a blast. But anyway, good, good times. It's spring training though. You go in fresh uni, you got the fresh spikes that, you know, your feet oh, yeah. get blistered new up. Glove, you that, new glove, trying to pound the new glove in. Yeah, you, ha- you have all the, the, the vendors all come in and, you know, you get all your new yeah. gear and stuff like that. Then you have the meetings that some of them are just like straight light rollers, you know, like you have the, the mental skills coach that you just like, part, get out of my face, you know? Best part was just meeting all the guys again. Yeah. You know, what have you been up to? Off-season stories yeah. and blah, 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 you know? Yeah, and you get those guys that come in just shredded, mate. Like, oh, you're ready to roll. Then you get the other dudes who put on 30 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Like, He's like, what have you been doing this off season? You could tell him, like, God, look at the size of him. He just put on 20 pounds. He's huge, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, too funny. But then yeah, you get through those physicals. But every, everything's so optimistic, you know? Like, everyone's happy. They're happy to see each other. Yeah. But then it gets into that that crunch time, mate, where like you're competing against each other for those last spots. When yeah. the locker room, you see all those empty lockers towards the end. And it's just like, you know, but then, you know, you made the team. Yeah, it's, it's the best. So hopefully MLB and the players circling back, hopefully they can get this thing figured out, man, and sing Kumbaya and hold hands and, you know, yeah, make it. it dude, ba- MLB, man, it's too that. good. This game is too good. It can be great. They can, up, they can upgrade it just a little bit. They've got so much momentum. Unreal World Series last year. Come on, let's go. Let's, let's, let's get this thing moving. Yeah, mate. I've uh, just been putting up big screen TVs out on the, on the new beach house, mate, on the patio. So I'm ready to <laughs> flick some baseball on. I want to see some games. Oh, yeah. 100% for sure. Well, mate, this has been fun. I appreciate it. And again, if you're new to the show, oh, by the way, big welcome. A lot of our Minnesota, Minneapolis listeners, mate. We've got a big surge from Justin Morneau telling Joe yes. Mauer hockey stories in that last episode. So big welcome. You got a couple of ex-twins. I was there for a month at spring training doing my best and Grant Balfour, you know, pitching the playoffs a little bit for the for the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, big welcome to all our new listeners and make sure you tune in. The season's about to start and we're going to go lo- right along with it. It's uh, it's great to be expanding. We're trying to expand out all, all through the country and, and through the world, uh, right. you know, all over the place. Uh, we enjoy what we do here and, and we want to continue to, you know, bring the show to you week in, week out. Obviously, we, you know, we have a wide range of, of people that are going to be on from, you know, players, ex-players to front office people, personnel, reporters. So just enjoyable uh, to listen to. Uh, I'm learning a lot myself as I go and uh, hopefully everyone's enjoying it and, and learning stuff and, and just uh, taking that hour out of your day to listen in. And uh, just get away from, you know, the daily hustle, uh, kind of kick back and, and talk some baseball. Love of the I, game. That's right. Go to the survey, get some country kettle chips, go for a drive, listen to, listen to the show, mate. That's it. Put the <laughs> podcast on and uh, kick back. Mate, you got any penny money? I need some penny money before I... Yeah, mate. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll Venmo you. These five bucks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, mate. Well, I'll catch you next week. All right, mate.